0: I watched Where Are My Children from 1916. I'm more than a little bit awed right now by just how good this movie is. I was expecting a heavy-handed morality lesson couched as melodrama, mostly because I read kind of, not the synopsis exactly, but the sort of a summary. I had a rough idea what the movie was about. And based on that, I was not expecting anything good. But instead... I got an artful, thought provoking, emotional roller coaster ride of a movie. It's filled with delightful visual effects. It's a really great movie. It's one of the better ones I've seen so far. I have to start by saying, suggesting, insisting, whatever words you want to use. Leave your politics at the door if you decide to watch this film, because it's going to touch on a number of subjects that are really just as controversial in 2023 as they were in 1916. And if you can't do that, the odds are something's going to offend or anger you because the film deals with abortion, eugenics, birth control, and it does it all in a very unflinching, candid manner. And also, it seems like the sides back then were a little... People were for abortion, against abortion, just like now, but kind of the where you are in birth control versus eugenics versus abortion, those were maybe positioned a little differently than they are now. So somebody that today might feel one way about birth control and another about abortion might see this film and agree with part and disagree. And anyway, just when I watch something like this, I completely divest myself. I've got my own opinions on these things, but I don't care. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. It can tell a story that completely goes against everything i believe but if it tells it well i'm like that was great so you've been warned and so yeah abortion it's an issue that two sides just can't agree on any discussion any depiction of it is going to often lead to rage and it's also a subject that at least in art and media tends to only be shown from one particular point of view so it was really interesting and refreshing to see that topic analyzed from multiple points of view in this film. And again, if you can't divorce yourself from your own politics, your mileage will definitely vary on this film. But like I said, for me, I don't care if the film offers an opinion opposite my own. And I guess I should also say that don't take my admiration of this film as an endorsement of any of its points of view. Like I said, I disagree with a lot of what the film said, but I like the way it said it. The film concludes with the most haunting final scene to any movie I've watched so far for this podcast. And honestly, one of the most devastating closing scenes I can remember from any movie I've ever seen. And I'm going to give a spoiler warning for those listening who want to watch this without knowing what's coming. So here it is. If you want to watch this and just see that scene, see the whole thing, just let it happen to you without knowing stop the podcast, stop reading. However you're experiencing this narrative, pause it, watch it, come back. I always include a blow-by-blow synopsis of the movies in this podcast because this podcast exists so I can remember what I watch. This podcast started as something entirely for me that no one else was going to find out about. And it was just my way to try to, by writing and then speaking these plots, to remember later what the plots were. So... You're about to get every last detail if you want to be surprised. Stop now. I've linked the film on YouTube. That's where I watched it. I put the link down below so you can watch it, then come back for the spoilers. Okay. Did you watch it? What did you think? Didn't that ending tear your heart out? It did mine. Now let's talk about the film. Let me describe the film. The film starts with a trial where Richard Walton, district attorney, played by Tyrone Powers Sr., Is prosecuting Dr. Homer, who had been spreading literature concerning birth control. Dr. Homer makes his case for legalizing contraception by recounting three events he's witnessed, and they show each in this brief flashback, all very well filmed. We see an alcoholic parent abusing the children, we see a family too poor to provide medical care for their sick children, and we meet a single mother who committed suicide and took her infant with her. In all of those experiences, are what make Dr. Homer believe that birth control is necessary. The district attorney is not really on board with that. He's a believer in eugenics, which now is completely, no one's allowed to believe in eugenics, I mean, for good reason. Again, I I don't want to bring my politics into this, but I don't think I'm going to offend anybody saying that I'm anti-eugenics. But at the time this film was made in 1916, eugenics was a hot topic and... It was common practice. There are Supreme Court decisions where eugenics were upheld and people were sterilized because we thought they were unfit to have children. And so it was different ways to go about the issue of birth control. And again, I'm not going to... You can go into that. You can talk about... Well, You can go all kinds of directions talking about eugenics, but let's just leave it there. And so the doctor who is spreading the birth control literature is he's guilty he gets in trouble for doing it and now we see the district attorney go home and we find out he has no children and this really saddens him he really wants children throughout the film we see him playing with neighborhood children and he just he really wants to have a family of his own and he's really sad that his wife can't have kids his wife is played by his real life wife And she seems totally fine with the situation. She's content with some pet dogs she has. She spends her days idly socializing and drinking with other married, childless women. And they're all childless by choice, we find out, because Mrs. Walton knows of this doctor, Dr. Malfit, sort of a fitting name for someone who's kind of the villain in the movie, who will perform clandestine abortions. At this time, abortion was illegal. And so she'll send these friends as needed. One of her friends says, I'm pregnant. I can't party anymore. She's like, well, go see Dr. Malthit. And there's this kind of cool visual throughout the film. There's a couple times when a woman realizes she's pregnant and we'll see her sitting somewhere and a little cherub will appear by her shoulder, kind of interacting with her, sitting on her shoulder. And it's this really kind of cute, adorable way like, to sort of share the information that there's a baby on the way. And then a few other times in the film... We see these cherubs kind of flying in or out of the gate of heaven, and their path and destination sort of varies depending upon their fate. If they are born this one, if they get aborted, they go back. And it's just kind of it's grim in one way, but it's really visually it's spectacular. So it's a really clever and amusing, gripping, grim. There's a lot of ways to look at it, but I thought it was a clever way. Like the woman is sitting there and there's a little baby on her shoulder. She's like, Oh no, I'm pregnant. So anyway. Mrs. Walton's brother comes to visit. He is a total jerk. He's going to stay with them for a while. And he immediately tries to seduce the maid. She rebukes him. Then he meets this girl next door. She's not as worldly as the maid. She's kind of naive. And she falls prey to his seduction. And she becomes pregnant. She gets a little visit on her shoulder from a little winged baby. And he casts her aside. He's like, oh, leave me alone. I want no part of this. So she's sad. She's desperate. So Mrs. Walton... Tells her, well, go see Dr. Malfitt, so off she goes. But complications arise this time, and she dies after the abortion. This thrusts Dr. Malfit into the spotlight, and he ends up on trial, prosecuted by Walton. He's sent to jail, but before he is taken away, he gives Walton his appointment book and tells him that he should focus more on his own household and less on other people's affairs. So sure enough, when Walton goes through the book, He's horrified to see not only the names of many of his wife's friends, but to learn that his own wife had three abortions. He's devastated and he returns home to confront her. As these events were transpiring and actually even before the trial, we'd seen Mrs. Walton have this change of heart. She'd seen her husband playing with her sister's children and some kids in the neighborhood, and she realized how important being a father was to him and decided to have children after all. She let him know this, but it's too late, basically. The repeated abortions have left her unable to have children. And then the film kind of winds down to that closing that I talked about, that haunting scene. You have the two of them, the Waltons, are sitting morosely by the fireplace, the fire flickering on their figures, And then you see the ghostly images of what would have been their children first playing on the floor near them. And future movie star Tyrone Power Jr., who became very famous in the 30s, 40s, 50s, he makes his uncredited film debut as the little baby in the scene. But you see the kids sort of playing around them and playing with them, but they're still sitting silently. And then the scene shifts and the couple suddenly age. They're very, very old. They're still sitting sadly by the fire and what would have been their now adult children come into view and they seem happy and talkative and you kind of get this overlay of what life could have been, what life is, but really we just end with the two of them sitting unhappy and alone by the fire. And again, my own views on abortion aside, the imagery in that scene is intense and it gave an already well-made emotional film An incredibly powerful ending. So, again, I recommend you watch it. I think it's just a really well-made film. But if you are put off or offended by politics like that in movies, then maybe not. Next, I'm watching The Innocence of Ruth from 1916, directed by John H. Collins.